Welcome to Change Now. Yes, because we need to change now. Now is when your impact story starts. Listen, get inspired by visionary change makers, and be part of the change. Discover the incredible potential of seaweed-based initiatives. Join us in this episode with Vincent Dumisil from the Safe Seaweed Coalition and United Nations Global Compact as we explore how seaweed can combat climate change, boost biodiversity, empower women, and provide sustainable, healthy food. Hello, everyone. I'm Vincent Dumézel. I'm a senior advisor for the ocean at the United Nations Global Compact. I'm also author of the book, uh, The Seaweed Revolution. And I'm here to tell you how seaweed, uh, the greatest untapped resource we have on the planet, is part of the solution we all need. So, um, so I don't come from the mari ma maritime sector or marine biology sector. Actually, I come from the food sector. And um, I mean, I realized working in the food industry for the last 20 years that there is no way to feed the world of tomorrow. We have already 1 billion people starving on the planet. We have every day 215,000 people in addition to feed. And we are running out of resources because um, the, the yields are declining, declining. And the food systems we have became the biggest contributor to the acceleration of climate change and environmental crisis. They became the biggest contributor to water scarcity, soil depletion, biodiversity loss, and uh, somehow social injustice. So we need a new solutions, at least from our food systems. So back in the 70s, I mean, there was some uh, hope that the solution would come from eating pills, uh, and that will be the future. But you know, being French, I'm, uh, I'm in, uh, I mean, dinner and eating is all about joy and celebration. I'm sure some of you may argue that eating pill might be joy and celebration sometimes, but let's not Let's not get into that discussion. Uh, and, and I think the future is to eat something that is good, that is a source of life on the planet. So the ocean covers 70% of our world and contributes to less than 3% of our food in calorie supply. So that's where we need to go if we want to grow more resources and feed in a sustainable way the entire world population. And actually, there's nothing new about it. It's existing already. It's there. I mean, a region in the world already cultivates more than 30 million tons of a resource that, is, that does not need land, does not need pesticide, does, um, do, and, and you don't even need to water seaweed. You know, that's the other thing. <laughs> so it's a free resource. And there's one region for a simple reason, is that, let's see if that has worked well. Uh, yeah, there are more people living inside this circle than outside of it. So this region has learned to develop seaweed cultivation way before we did because they had to. I mean, the, the vast growth of the population there forced them to start the seaweed revolution 60 years before all of us. But now we are in the same stage. We, have, we are running short of resources on land, and we will have to develop this solution as well if we want to save our planet. So once again, bear in mind that if you think that we are many people in Paris, then we should go in Dhaka in Bangladesh. So what, what the solution looks like there, it does look like this. Big seaweed farms. I mean, they have multiple benefits. 
they sequester carbon, they, they do, we'll see that, they do, they do a lot of things. So that's where, that's all you grow seaweed, that's how a seaweed farm looks like, and that's the way Asia is feeding his huge population. That's a seaweed farm, basically, so you grow lines in the ocean, uh, seaweed naturally grows on the line, and you just have to take the lines out, cut seaweed, and use them. You just need sun and salt water and a few nutrients that you get from the land. So that's how it looks like from below water. So you can see it's a 3D farming. It's not a two-dimension, it's three-dimension farming. So you can grow very deep, actually. You can grow up to 30 meters deep growing seaweed. That's why the volume are very, very impressive. There was a calculation from Wacheningen back in 2016 that with 2% of the ocean dedicated to seaweed cultivation and restoring biodiversity around, we could feed 12 billion people in protein with no need from protein from uh, vegetal or animal from land. Okay, so that's still... But to do that, we will have to learn how to grow seaweed. And that's the biggest challenge we have is to learn how we can grow seaweed. So we have some labs. Uh, we'll see that in detail a bit later but we have to understand how to grow our endemic species. So far, we only know how to grow, uh, we have only domesticated the Asian species. So let's say you are in Canada and you want to start agriculture. If you only know how to farm goyava, banana, and rice, you're not gonna start to farm now. So you, we need to learn how to grow our endemic species, and that's a big, big task, maybe the biggest challenge of all. There's a lot of different seaweed. Seaweed doesn't mean much. There's 12,000 different types of seaweed. All of them are edible. They are all edible, as long as they are not uh, rotten on the beach. Uh, so they are all good. There's no bad seaweed. The green seaweed, the sargassum seaweed, they are a symptom of the problem that is the pollution of the land. But they are all good, and they are all delicious. So very different seaweed. To illustrate that, we have the red, the brown, and the green. So they are very different, of course. Uh, they, they grow in different places. Some grow in warm water, some grow in cold water, the, the big brown, notably. There's really a lot of difference. And to explain that difference, we have to remember that life started on the planet two billion years ago, or four, billion, four to two billion years ago, with algae. So we are all descendants of blue algae here. And uh, it started uh, with cyanobacteria and microalgae, and then we had some seaweed. Seaweed was the first complex living or organism. To start with, we had only the green and the red seaweed. The, the green seaweed moved on land half a billion years ago only, and gave birth to the entire vegetation that you can see around you. So today, a green seaweed is genetically much closer to an oak tree or to a strawberry than it is to a red seaweed. The difference between a red seaweed and a green seaweed is bigger than the difference between a, a fungi and an elephant, basically. That's way different, which means that we will have a wide range of possible applications out of them. Of course, the first one, I'm French, so food, of course. So food is, seaweed is absolutely delicious. I think we should circulate some, uh, some uh, some seaweed food somehow, Loic, if you're around. Yeah, here. So we'll circulate some food. <laughs> here. So you can test. Uh, all seaweed is good. You know, that's what I do with kids. They have to try kids to understand. I'm sure you are 
all old kids. So, uh, so food is delicious, and, and not only is delicious, and, and sometimes I'm told, you know, well, seaweed is no good, it's slimy, it's uh, smelly, it's unsexy, but seaweed is sexy and cool and delicious. I'm sure if you try some raw potatoes or cocoa bean like this, you won't like it. Learn to cook them, then you have french fries or you have chocolate, delicious. Same with seaweed, we have to learn how to cook them. And, that, and then we have to learn how to like them. So why, not only is good delicious, but it's good for your body. Seaweed is a nutritional bomb. It has a lot of everything you need. No fat, no sugar, but a lot of magnesium, a lot of, uh, uh, um, uh, a lot of uh, vitamins, notably the vitamin B12. That is the only vegetable where you can find vitamin B12. You have proteins. Some seaweed can, uh, can have up to 40% protein, when soy is only 25% protein. That's amazing. Uh, you have zinc, you have phosphorus, and so forth. So, I mean, in Japan, seaweed makes up 10% of the diet and contributes to the very long life expectancy and the very low level of cardiovascular disease, uh, obesity, diabetes, uh, and cancer. So, that's, that's something to be learned, and that's something that we, I mean, seaweed by nature, it's anti-inflammatory, antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral, analgesic, and the best prebiotic you can get on this planet. So seaweed is good to eat, it's good for your body. But not only it's good for you, it will be good for the animal, obviously. So, okay, I can hear some of you saying, maybe not here in change now, but I can hear some of you saying, ah, no, I want to stick to my T-bone steak, you know, forget about this green stuff, disgusting. Okay, at least if you really want to uh, destroy the planet and keep eating T-bone, at least feed them uh, with seaweed. It looks, at the first glance, quite logical that feeding uh, salmon with seaweed is a good idea. I mean, so far we feed salmon with GMO soy milk coming from Amazonia, which has destroyed the entire forest and which has traveled across the entire planet. Let's give them seaweed. Could be a good idea. But and if you look at a seaweed farm, there's always a lot of life around. Because seaweed is a basic source of food on the planet, and, and, and that was, that's where all the life has started. But it's not only good for fish, so not only a good source for feed for agriculture, but it's a very good food for animals. These ships are the, are the most expensive one in the world. They are, they are, um, they are from North Honalsea, the north uh, of Scotland, and they are only fed with seaweed. And they are the ones served to the Prince uh, William and, and King Charles. So they are, they are the, that's quite interesting, you know. And um, not only it's good for them, they will grow better, they will, uh, the animal welfare will be better. It will boost their immune system just as it does for us. So they will be healthier. And, and, uh, and not only that, for some uh, methane, for, for, some, for the cause, seaweed will cut the methane emission. So. That sounds like a trifle uh, point, but think about it. If we just give 40 grams to each and every cow on the planet, 40 grams of a small red seaweed, it will, it will impact the climate the same way as if we stop each and every car on the planet overnight. Just 40 grams of this small seaweed. So the impact on the climate is important as well, just here. Seaweed will also replace fertilizers. Seaweed is full of what we dump on land because everything we dump on land ends up in the ocean and uh, it, fe it, it, it feeds seaweed. So seaweed is full of nitrogen and full of phosphate. 
and it's a natural biostimulant that will enrich the soil and protect the plant, make them more resistant to cold, to salt, and so forth. So we have here an opportunity to create a regenerative and circular agriculture. We cannot think about building circular and regenerative agriculture without two-thirds of the planet. We will have to integrate in this regenerative agriculture the ocean. Here you have an example of what is done in China. China, they, they get through the seaweed, they get all the nutrients, phosphorus, phosphate, and nitrogen that come from the land. They get the seaweed, they farm seaweed, instead of having green tides as we do in Brittany or Sargassum as we, do in, uh, uh, as we have in, uh, in, in Caribbean. They farm seaweed, they get the seaweed back on land, and in five years from now, China will be neutral in phosphate, which means that they won't need to extract phosphate from the North Africa and from Russia or to buy from them. They will be neutral, and we all know that phosphate, we will all run short of phosphate very soon. Some are already talking about the phosphagedon, which will be the end of the phosphate resources, and we will all starve on this planet because there will be no agriculture left. So once again, building a bridge between agriculture and ocean, recycling element, and not only phosphate, but carbon, uh, fresh water, oxygen, everything is recycled by life underwater. And seaweed is absolutely key to that. So we could stop some kind of pollution here. And when we hear about pollution, we all think about plastic pollution. And guess what? Seaweed, I mean, this is noodles, packs made out of seaweed. So they dissolve when you cook them. There's no packaging anymore. You can do the same with your coffee in the morning. It's not Pla doing that, a, a great company. So seaweed packaging is compostable, biodegradable, and edible. You can eat the packaging at the end. You, you, are, you all have seen the, uh, these OO bubbles that are uh, being distributed. That's the OO bubbles. So you swallow it all. They have, uh, you have all kinds of tests, of course. You can have packaging for everything. They uh, replaced all uh, the plastic glass during the London, Mara London Marathon. 40,000 plastic glass replaced by these seaweed bubbles. And the good news for some of you, I'm sure, is that you can even get whiskey in there, so, uh, which is cool. I'm sure you will agree. Um, you have some kind of plastic film, so it's very visual. And you can replace coating as well. You can replace uh, the cardboard, which is interesting, because uh, the dirty secret of them is that they are full of plastics. So, but seaweed is naturally non-absorbent, non so it will stay. I mean, you, it is pure seaweed. There's no plastic here. You can do much more. Not, you can replace cotton, because cotton is 2% of the uh, agriculture, but 25% of the pesticide, and it needs a lot of water and a lot of herbicides. So you, can, uh, you have some uh, a German company do is doing, uh, producing tampon out of seaweed or, or at the top. You can do a lot of uh, textile as well. Um, quite, uh, quite amazing to, uh, to think, but I was invited to the Fashion Week, look, look at me, to talk about... <laughs> to talk about uh, uh, seaweed, because that's a very interesting uh, thing for them. Uh, they think that could be part of the future of fashion as well, textile, a lot of uh, uh, um, um, non-sustainable product. Seaweed, we should talk, stop talking about seaweed. We should call them sea vegetables, so we can un all understand how delicious they are. Or else, sea forest, because they are the source of life. They restore biodiversity. They, they provide habitat. This seaweed that you can see here, they grow of 40 centimeters a day, up to 60 meters high. They are real forests. 
and they sequester a lot of carbon. Not only they will restore biodiversity, but they will sequester a lot of carbon. And doing that in two different ways. One, they will decarbonize the economy, replacing plastic, fertilizers, cutting methane emission, and they will also sink carbon in the deep ocean. When seaweed degrades or lose biomass, it sinks in the deep ocean, and there's no bacteria to degrade them, so they can stay sequestered for thousands, if not millions of years. There's a small uh, aquatic plants 50 million years ago that has proliferated on the planet. This has decreased the temperature by 20 degrees, just sequestering carbon in the deep ocean. So there's a solution here. And because we, you, don't, you don't launch a revolution without uh, tackling social injustice, seaweed, and we will see that in detail, is also a great way to provide resources to coastal community uh, and, and notably to women in emerging countries where the fishing resources will disappear. So once again, we have a multifaceted solution. We have a great source of hope for the next generation. And um, in order to do that, we have launched three years ago a seaweed manifesto that you can still download with some great players from all over the world. We have designed this seaweed manifesto, a 10-page document telling the world, and it was introduced to the U United Nations General Assembly, what seaweed can do and what needs to be done to enable that potential. And one of the first actions was to create a coalition, because the, 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 the industry is so far very fragmented. So we had created a coalition, the Global Seaweed Coalition, which you, that you can join for free if you are interested in seaweed. We gather more than 1,000 stakeholders, and we are trying to advocate, influence the world, gather investment, accelerate uh, science and, uh, and research, and work together, once again, to get the right regulation in place and so forth. All in all, through the coalition and through the United Nations remit, we, uh, we really want to uh, supply, I mean, I mean, we are feeding the next generation with uh, fears and, and, uh, and, and drama so far, and we would like to feed them with solution and hope. So that's our remit, that's what we want to do, because seaweed should be a great source of hope. <laughs>